Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. What does this story mean for the Supreme Court? Does the White House condemn this leak? I don't think we have a particular view on that. Any removal of federal documents is a felony. This is a leaked document. It is not the final opinions. MAGA Republicans. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization in American history. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Uh, <laughs> where do you start? Where do you start? I, You know, it's amazing how Republicans can self-destruct. And I, I'm, I mean, we're reporting the news here, folks. But uh, news to me, I missed this story. And uh, Benny just told me just seconds before we went on the air, Madison Cawthorn has stepped in it again. Um, this time, there was a, it was a video? Yeah, it's reported all over now, but it's on WREL. A political group whose primary focus is unseating Madison Cawthorn released a graphic video showing Cawthorn naked and simulating a sect sex act near someone he describes as a friend and apparently this happened uh within the i mean he's a young guy so it's happened in the last few years um yeah and this this i'm sorry i I don't buy this excuse of oh well you know come on that was that was before i decided to run for congress it is a reflection of one's character and this is why yeah i'm sorry if you're 50 years old and it happened 25 years ago I think you can probably plead that was in my younger days. But when you're how how I mean is is Madison Cawthorn even thirty yet? I don't think no, he is. He's like twenty six or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I it, mean, this is why it is wise to get a little maturity before you uh, well that's jump what, in. Yeah, that's what I said last week. I mean, I you know he's not obviously not in our district anyway. But I just don't think anybody twenty five or twenty six years old. I mean. I value their opinion about things, but and I'm glad he's a conservative. Yeah, but um, you know, to put them in Congress, I, I just don't think they've had enough life experiences yet. And you know, hey, I, I've done some stupid things when I was a young young person, but uh, but I won't run for Cong- we, we, I won't run right. for Congress at the time either. We have all done dumb things, and many of those dumb things the world does not know about. But when you do dumb things and you run for Congress, and uh, the other thing too is. Why do you do dumb things and post them on social media? I've said this for the last 12 years. You don't want to get in trouble. First of all, don't take pictures of yourself naked. And then don't put it on social media. And and you're, you know what? 95% of your problems will be taken care of. Wow. Uh, by, by the way, the um, North State Journal is reporting on two new U.S. Senate, North Carolina Senate uh, polls, and it looks like Ted Budd, who, by the way, is going to be down at the Beaufort County GOP headquarters tomorrow morning from 7.30 to 8.30 for coffee and donuts. So if you want to go meet the candidate, uh, Ted Budd will be down there. But uh, Ted Budd continues to stretch out his lead in the uh, upcoming May 17th primary, according to two new polls this past week, and a poll released Monday by the Club for Growth, which... Okay, you can say this could be tainted because the Club for Growth is the one that's spending all the money on behalf of, of Ted, uh, Ted Budd. But in their poll, Ted Budd earned 43% of the vote amongst likely Republican primary voters compared to 23% for Pat McCrory. The 20-point gap is the largest of any publicly available poll 
uh, in the race to secure the uh, Republican nomination to replace Burr. Former uh, U.S. Representative Mark Walker, who was in Greenville, by the way, last Sunday night, uh, had a chance to go over and hear him talk at uh, People's Baptist Church. He took a 9% of this uh, uh, poll by Club for Growth. Uh, Marjorie Eastman, actually, this is probably her biggest number. She uh, earned 4%. So it looks like um, Pat McCory's number is actually dropping a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. Mark Walker's ticked up from 7% to 9% in this poll. And Marjorie Eastman has ticked up from 1.5% to 4%. North Carolina voters understand that Ted Budd is a true conservative, blah, 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 said the Club for Growth. A day later, the North Carolina Chamber released its poll showing Bud with a 45%. So it, the, the Chamber's poll actually had a bigger number than, than the Club for Growth poll, a 21% lead over McCourty. The poll showed Walker at 9%, uh, Marjorie Eastman with 3 20% of the voters still undecided in that vote. So theoretically, with 20% undecided, it could uh, still be anybody's race, but it uh, looks like uh, Ted Bud is taking a sizable lead with less than two weeks to go well i think it proves well these ads from club for growth work because negative advertising (laughs) unfortunately it does work and you know last summer i mean obviously last summer when he got the trump endorsement at the republican state convention i mean it was real early but really the needle wasn't moved at all and maybe people just were not thinking about it yet but i i gotta believe these these ads are really working because I have talked to a number of people that uh, were pretty solid McCory, and they're like, uh, you know, I just these ads, I don't know, I, just, I don't know about Pat now, and I, I just, you know, so they're working. And you know, we talked about last week was it John Hood that came out with the article, you know, saying that right. hey, they he thought Ted Budd should denounce the ad because it was just flat out wrong as it related to what the state uh, Mark school Robin- board. Well, also, yeah, Mark, Mark Robinson. Mark made Robinson. It, yeah. So, um, but hey, they work and. Mark Robinson made a statement that the state school board that was appointed by Pat McCrory was or the, were the ones that put these books in the libraries that are pornographic, and apparently on, on a number of different fronts, A, that he doesn't appoint uh, right. the, the school board, and B, the school board isn't the final um, deciding uh, vote for what books go in the, in, the, uh, in the library. So they were wrong on more than one account. But nonetheless, um, you know, should there be, I mean, that's a good question to debate, I think. Uh, should there be a uh, truth in advertising when it comes to these uh, political ads? Interestingly, you know, typically, you don't have a choice. If, if it's an FCC-issued license and a federal candidate comes to a radio station or a TV station with an FCC license and they want to purchase airtime, you are not allowed to question the content of that ad. You've got to air it. So you can't be a minister minister of truth. <laughs> you cannot be. Now, it, I, I don't think that applies to cable. And I think last time, we, if you remember, there were certain ads that Donald Trump wanted to, re, to run, and it doesn't apply to social media either, that were rejected. And quite frankly, it seems like um, if you're going to make uh, – Radio and TV stations, you'd think there would be something uh, that would apply to newspapers, for example, which it does not apply to newspapers. Speaking of the uh, primary, interesting article uh, out in the Carolina Journal today. And this is something that I've been aware of for a while. 
but I haven't had the I really haven't had the time that it would take to dig into this to verify it. And I'm not saying as I as I refer to this article, I am not saying that I have absolutely positively said yes beyond the shadow of the doubt this is true. I will say this, if the Carolina Journal is going to print it, they would have vetted this very thoroughly. I will also say this, that I was sent the documents on which this article was based, and uh, they are pretty thorough documents. Now, I'll say this, that the documents that I received did come from the Sandy Robertson campaign. I'm talking about the 1st Congressional District. Uh, It's interesting. We've titled today's program, uh, The October Surprise Came in May for this uh, particular race. Carolina Journal writes, the 1st Congressional District GOP primary features a crowded field, but Sandy Smith, who ran and lost to Butterfield in 2020, and the Rocky Mount Mayor Sandy Robertson appeared to be the two frontrunners. Both have raised over a million dollars. They've garnered major endorsements. Robertson received North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore's endorsement late April. Uh, Moore said that Robertson was the GOP's best chance to win in the district. Smith has also a big list of endorsements, including Donald Trump, um, Madison Cawthorn, General Michael Flynn, Roger Stone. Um, Robertson's campaign may be going nuclear with the primary election less than two weeks away, releasing a trove of documents that allege, allegedly showing Smith is unfit to be the GOP nominee. Now, by the way, I did contact Sandy Smith earlier today. I told her we were going to report on this story, and I have invited her on to defend herself or to give her side of the story. And Sandy, if you're out there listening, we welcome you to call in and respond, 561-8255. But I did contact her earlier. I have not heard back from her. Um, According to the Robertson team, the information in the Sandy Smith exposed file was going to be used as an October surprise by Democrats. They claimed to be using it as a May surprise of sorts now in order to prevent a potential GOP nominee from being discredited in a way that would put an otherwise competitive seat out of reach. Now, I would say this. If these accusations are proved to be accurate, and again, there's a lot of documentation accompanying these claims, a lot of of documentation. I'm talking about hundreds of pages of documentation. If this proves to be true, I would have to agree with Sandy Robertson that, yes, this would have been used by whoever wins on the Democrat primary, this is going to be used big time mm-hmm. in the general election if Sandy Smith is the nominee. Well, on May 4th, Robertson released a statement on Twitter linking this file and saying Sandy Smith as our nominee for North Carolina District 1 would spell disaster. The files were also um, texted anonymously to journalists earlier, including uh, two to the Carolina Journal. Eric Gorenson, one of the ex-husbands in the files, also reached out independently to the Carolina Journal to discuss the accusations. It first started out with Butterfield's people who reached out to me, Gorenson said, a radio host in Oregon. They were going to use that for an October surprise when he ran for a re-election, but it sounds like he's not running for a re-election, 
So all the opposition research they were given, the Democratic Party were going to hang on to, if she won the primary, they were going to bring it out right before the election. Carolina Journal also spoke to Robertson's campaign manager, Adam Wood. Uh, Adam is the one who sent me this information as well. Uh, They reached out to him in an April 2nd phone interview after Gorenson confirmed that Sandy Smith exposed files were from the Robertson team. Quote, we heard some pretty bad things about Sandy Smith, and we decided to do some op research, oppo research, a campaign term used for investigating an opponent's background. Uh, Adam Wood claimed that when asked about the files, alleging that Democrats would use 100% of the information and they wouldn't be as nice about it as we are. Wood, in his conversation with Carolina Journal, especially highlighted the bankruptcy, saying, I know what is black and white is that uh, that is that she has been bankrupt and now she wants to be in charge of our tax dollars. Again, this is a quote from her ex-husband. I mean, we're talking about a government that is $30 trillion in debt and then a woman that decided not to pay her bills wants to solve that problem. Brad Murphy, another of the top Democrats in the race, says that it's uh, that the aggressive strategy isn't, is not helping the big picture. And, and Murphy has a quote in here just talking about it's sad that this he would rather promote himself than tear down his opposition. Again, getting back to her ex-husband, Gorenson, who was married to Smith from 2007 to 2010, said he has not received any money from the Robertson campaign to discuss his marriage with Smith, but simply wants to make voters aware of her past. Gorenson said that he has been contacted by multiple campaigns and media outlets since Smith decided to run. Carolina Journal also spoke to Randy Allman, Smith's husband from 1995 to 2001. So this was previous to uh, Gorenson's marriage to Smith. Both men claim their marriages to Smith were involved, uh, involved rather physical abuse and financial misdealings. Allman told the Carolina Journal in a phone interview that she would sometimes take swings at him, but none that caused him injury. The incident that did leave him more worried for his safety, though, was when he says she attempted to run over him with his Mustang. <laughs> Sounds like a great marriage. Alvin and Smith were divorced soon afterwards and had serious disputes over the custody of their children and their property. Gorenson married Smith a few years later in 2007, and he said very quickly um, that, they, that he had a similar experience after an incident when both Smith and Garrison were arrested for domestic violence. The Gig Harbor, Washington police report on the incident obtained by the Carolina Journal says that both were charged with four-degree assaults, fourth-degree assaults, domestic violence, but the charges were later dropped. The next business day, Gorenson said he filed for divorce because he wasn't going to have that in my life, but the divorce he described uh, following a similar pro- uh, pattern as the divorce with Allman. He said he was locked out or unable to access his accounts or his property, which Allman also claimed. In interviews, Gorenson and Allman both claimed Smith made money through various financial scam- uh, scams during their relationships with her. In uh, Robertson's May 4th statement, he leans into these claims from her ex-husbands, making the accusation that Sandy Smith has a checkered past of scamming people and companies out of money, taking large loans from the federal government, and even changing her identity multiple times. And again, there is documentation uh, that accompanied this article uh, on the Carolina Journal. Well, let me put it this way. There was documentation accompanying a news release that went out to media from Sandy Robertson's campaign that was literally hundreds of pages long. So, um, 
not a good day for Sandy Smith and uh, whether or not this will uh, turn the race uh, over to Sandy Robertson or one of the other candidates. I think there's eight candidates in that uh, mm-hmm. in that first congressional district race for the Republicans. So, again, Sandy Smith, uh, if you're out there listening, we'd love to have you come on and explain your side of the story. We've got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about, including here's a big question. If, if indeed the north or the united states supreme court decides and we talked about this yesterday they very well could decide earlier than june or july on this road case because of the fact that uh, you've got a lot of uh, crazies out there that uh, might try to do something uh, crazy uh, to one of the justices let's pray that that doesn't happen but if they were to release the Roe v. Wade, and if Roe v. Wade were to go from the federal government back to the states, what would North Carolina do? What would be the law in North Carolina? We're going to be talking to Keith Kidwell about that when we get back. Stay with us. Eastern Carolina's place to talk about coronavirus. You fund the police. Everything. Give me liberty or give me COVID-19. Right now, more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is Thursday, May the 5th, which means uh, just a few days away from Mother's Day. By the way, our category for political trivia, which we'll play in a little bit, uh, is Mother's Day commerce in the United States. Okay. And I test drove this question, and it was answered pretty quick. So when we open up the phone lines for that, you might want to be uh, one of the first in line. I think it's going to go quick. Taking a look at your weather forecast, it is uh, a little cooler here in the next couple of days. Tonight's overcast skies will uh, have a low temperature of about 60 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy early, a chance of thunderstorms developing later in the day, mid-80s for a high. Tomorrow night, uh, scattered showers and thunderstorms alone near 65. Saturday rain in the morning and then uh, clearing later in the afternoon, a high of about 76 degrees. And uh, Mother's Day is going to be clear. Well, partly partly sunny. Let's put it that way. Partly cloudy, partly sunny. What's the difference between partly cloudy and partly sunny? But the high is only going to be 64 on Sunday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Weather brought to you by the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Warmer weather is here. What a better way to enjoy it than get outside with family and friends and get on the green side or pool side of life. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees. They want you to join in on the fun. Become a member today. Even if you're not a golfer, Ironwood has new social memberships. They include access to their pool and uh, clay surface tennis courts and a member of their only uh, their full-service only dining, member-only full-service dining. I'll get it out. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle, 252-752-4653. Ironwood, a gorgeous, gorgeous facility up there. Go see it and enjoy. So as we mentioned yesterday, there has been the suggestion by a number of people, including the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, that the type of fanatic that would willingly attempt to disrupt the integrity of the Supreme Court of the United States might also try even something more extreme. In fact, a Twitter blue check just suggested that two conservative Supreme Court justices be killed. And there was no action, by the way, taken against this Twitter account. This is unbelievable. (laughs) This is from Alex Berenson, who is a conservative who uh, you've seen him numerous times on Tucker Carlson. Some guy by the name of Simon Gwynn 
writes, interesting real-life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court justices, should you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? It's an interesting abstract abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you are terminally ill and have little to lose yourself, but know that it could save many women's lives in the future. Now, this guy went on to uh, delete that tweet, but again, not because Twitter uh, banned it or knocked him off. That didn't happen. He just deleted it on his own. It is uh, unbelievable. But because of these kind of nuts, and this guy needs to be this guy needs to be arrested. I mean, this is just if this guy made this threat to the president of the United States, Secret Service would be at his place right now. They need to be at the because of what he said. They need to be investigating him right now. Well, unless he made those threats to get Donald Trump, and then in that case, that'd be fine, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what's going to happen. it, it, you know, I don't, I don't even want to predict something's going to happen. I hate to even talk about it, but if any violence occurs, I mean, look at members of Congress. You know, Senator Warren yesterday, and yeah, uh, just as flippant as this guy, other House members. You know, just acting just a fool. I mean, that's all you can say about it over this issue. And when you know, they're supposed to be measured and 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 all that. She was and, not measured by any no, means. She looked like a nutcase. Um, well, she is. <laughs> and then, and, and then all, all the sorts Indian of princess. Yeah, all sorts of congressmen said things yesterday on the Democrat side yeah. about it. And, yeah. Yeah, it's an insurrection. That's well, what it is. Well, we say all that to say <laughs> that there have been a lot of voices out there that said, hey, you know what? It wouldn't be a bad idea for SCOTUS to go ahead, vote on this, and release their decision sooner rather than later because it would put it to bed, it would be a done deal. Uh, right now, I mean, I, I pray for the safety of men like Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito and Kavanaugh and uh, Gorsuch and, and uh, Amy, Barrett, a- Amy Coney Barrett. So uh, will it be released? Now, it's entirely possible. I would not. It would not surprise me if they did that. Yeah. Now, John Roberts has said, well, you know, we're not going to change the way we behave based upon this leak. But I, 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 again, would not be surprised if they did have an earlier than normal release of this thing. Well, as I said yesterday, I think I mean, John Roberts came out with a with a uh, statement. But I, I really think the thing that they should have done. And I believe if the other justices were, you know, really cared about the court and cared about what um the judiciary means to the united states that statement should have been a public statement with all the justices standing behind him singing united united singing off the same sheet of music saying that this release undermines this institution that's i think that's what should i agree so the question then it becomes if they release if the scotus comes out and they return roe v wade the abortion decision from the feds back to the people so that the states can decide, which is, by the way, what democracy is. All these liberals that are going around say, this is the end of democracy. This is what democracy looks like. (laughs) But the question is, what would happen in North Carolina if suddenly tomorrow the federal government was no longer in charge of making the decision on on abortion? What would North Carolina's law look like? Now, according to the Guttmeyer Institute, 
22 states have bans or could ban abortion if Wade is over, if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Some six states either have pre-Roe bans that were enacted before 1973 and they were never removed, or have six-week abortion bans, eight-week abortion bans, and uh, but he, and then there's 16 states plus the District of Columbia that have codified the right for illegal abortions, but. Here's the question. What would North Carolina look like? On the phone to help answer that question for us is Representative Keith Kidwell, who represents District 79, Beaufort and Craven Counties. Keith, welcome back in. Good to have you with us. Tom, how you doing tonight? Good. That was a long introduction to bring you in. But uh, here, so what would it look like? I mean, if, if that's the question, if North Carolina suddenly is faced with okay now the decision on abortion is our decision are there laws on the book that we would go back to or or, i mean what what did it look like back in 1973 before the feds decided to take over this decision so that that's a great question i actually spoke today with uh, a a very high uh, member of the north carolina legal uh, business i'll call it um in reference to that, and his indication was uh, that he felt we would likely have to turn around and pass new laws to deal with abortion. In speaking to the dean of Regent University, who used to be the administrative officer of the courts here in North Carolina, very well-respected legal mind, his indication is is that we go back to the pre-Roe v. Wade laws which to his recollection was you had a ban on abortion except for the life of the mother. Um, so, and, and we're kind of looking at this, uh, I've been very busy on this whole project because as you know, I'm a a staunch pro-life advocate and I spoke to the speaker of the house this morning. We're likely going to put together a committee to study what, if anything, we need to do. Because it may be we just let the law stand the way it is and let the, uh, which you know they're going to, let the left sue us and and let that go to the North Carolina Supreme Court uh, in the next uh, court cycle, which will be after the November election. What, uh, so, so if, if um, and uh, the former uh, Chief Justice, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, um, this up at Mark Region. Martin. M- Mark Martin, thank you. Mm. I, all I could think was race car driver. Um, I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> Mark Martin, who used to be at the North Carolina Supreme Court, you're right, is now at Regent University. But uh, So what he is saying is we would go back to the, 19, the pre-1973 law, which was a ban on abortion unless the life of the mother was uh, literally in danger. Correct. So we're, we're looking at two different opinions from two very highly placed uh, legal minds. Um, so we're, we're going to have to sort it all out, Tom. I've actually asked legislative analysis to give me uh, what their opinion would be. And I, I suspect, I, I think we're going to come down to the old law goes back into effect. Now, uh, When I spoke to the person in the courts in North Carolina, the answer there was unless we had done something between 73 and now to codify Roe v. Wade here, which I don't believe we have. Uh, The old law is going to go back into effect is what it boils down to. But you also were texting me earlier today and saying that you are 
working on a potential law. Um, and, and I guess that that will be dependent upon whether or not you go back to the pre-73 law or not. I mean, that might be more satisfactory to your way of thinking. But if you had to come up with a new law, um, you said you are beginning the – you're on the infancy stages of that, no pun intended. But um, what are you thinking about if, if that were to be the case? Well, I kind of like the old law. If we can go back to that. Uh, where we're we're allowing for the life of the mother, and that would be the choice of the mother, her her preacher, and her doctor. Uh, I think that's wholly acceptable. And you know, no matter what we do, it's going to end up in court, and the North Carolina Supreme Court will ultimately have to make that decision as to what's right. This is why, and I know you've heard me say this before, but the the judicial elections that we're facing now in, in, in the primaries and then again in November... These are going to be some of the most important informative elections exactly. for the state of North Carolina for many years to come. Exactly. The uh, now this is an interesting situation. If 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 you were to, I want to say you, the legislature, were to pass a new law, I suppose Cooper could veto it. But I don't. He couldn't come if you if you strictly go back to the pre seventy three law. Cooper couldn't do anything about it, could he? He can't veto a that, law that's that in the is books. Correct. Yeah. He could ask the legislature to change it, but he's not going to get that to move through uh, neither the House nor the Senate. We're, uh, I've, I've talked to, to the Speaker and, and suggested that we set up a, uh, a, a committee to review this. And, uh, of course, I volunteered to chair that committee along with a, uh, a co-chair uh, to make sure that we do what needs to be done and do it the right way, or do we need to do nothing and let it work its way through the court? So. It's gonna. It's not gonna be something we can fix uh, prior to probably the next uh, legislative session, which will begin in in late January, early February next year. Well, but we need to start working on it now. Well, I was gonna say, depending on what the experts were to say, I mean, we can't just be in a void with if if the previous law did not take effect, and I guess there's gonna be some expert somewhere or someone's gonna come out with a. An, an opinion piece wouldn't you, wouldn't you have to have a, a special session of uh, the legislature to to work on this if the pre seventy three law doesn't take effect? Well, it, the problem there, Tom, is in order to get a special session, you have to have the governor call us in. <laughs> uh, you're right. Or, or yep. Or we have to get seventy two members to vote us in, and we're not going to get seventy two no. members to go in and deal with an abortion law. You know that. There you go. Well, Keith, so, uh, this is... I, I suspect it's going to be we go back to the seventy three law. I mean, that's that's kind that of that sounds the ideal. I'm getting that sounds yeah. ideal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that really is. It is ideal. It allows us to uh, to not have to to go through the hassle of changing laws, and uh, they're going to sue us no matter what we do. They, they, you know, they're they're doing that every time we do anything. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I look forward to getting the uh, new Supreme Court in place in, in the first of next year, and then we'll take this to the mat and see what's going to happen. But he's got a question for you. Yeah, Keith, this is Benny. Uh, sure. I, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to ask you what do you think about the Attorney General and the Governor, but, but yesterday I <laughs> – I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> but, uh, but yesterday I – Benny, have you ever read my bumper sticker on my truck? <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, yesterday I talked about – the amazing thing to me, you know, Josh Stein, our attorney general, Roy Cooper, the governor, former attorney general, both practicing attorneys in in, in former life and, and argued cases before. 
I, I mean, their statements are basically purely political statements about, you know, hey, the Republicans are stripping a woman's right to choose and vote Democrat. I, mean, I just could not believe either one of them would not step up as as you know legal people and say, hey, this was unnecessary. They, they shouldn't have done this, undermining like, the Supreme the Court, talking about the leak. I mean, I, that just yeah. tells me that there's not anything in them but but politics. I mean, what, do you, what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I agree with you, Benny. When when I look at both Cooper and Stein, uh, both of them abdicated their responsibilities as the AG. Uh, and Cooper has abdicated his responsibility over and over again when it's convenient uh, to, to not do what they should uh, be doing. I mean, Stein would not defend the, uh, the DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Yeah. You know, we look at these different situations, and they, they pick and choose which laws they're going to enforce. And I guarantee you, Josh Stein, if it comes down to it, and North Carolina does go back to the pre seventy three law. Do you think Josh Stein's going to prosecute any of those? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't think so. Which is which is total malfeasance. I mean, it's it's total. I mean, the, the, the Cooper has the right to do that, but but Josh Stein is there to enforce the laws. Hey, uh, thanks for checking in with us, Keith. We got to run, but uh, keep up the good work. And uh, as you find out more information about this, keep in touch with us. I will. Thanks, Tom. Uh, thank thank you. you, Keith. Hey, let's play political trivia, shall we? 561-8255. Got a good prize package and uh, a question that's going to go quick. I really do think so. 561-8255. Political trivia when we get back. Time for a little political trivia, 561-8255. Your category, Mother's Day Commerce in the United States. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or a Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, US 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies. And a gift certificate from the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. If you have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. You or anyone in your immediate family. First up is from Rocky Mount. Don's on the line. Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Good, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. You ready to play? Sure. All right. Mother's Day Commerce in the United States. Question, according to Pew Research, one particular experience that doesn't involve food happens more on Mother's Day than any other holiday of the year. What? Mother's Day cards. That's not it. Good guess. That's Good not it. Thanks, Don. 561-8255. Dustin in Vanceboro. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hey, guys. What do you think? According to Pew Research, one particular experience that doesn't involve food happens more on Mother's Day than any other holiday of the year. What? Flowers? Flowers is not it. Good guess, though. 561. I don't think flowers. I think uh, Valentine's Day is the biggest day for flowers. 561-8255. Let's go to Laurie in Bayboro. Hey, Laurie. Hey, Laurie. 
Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. What do you think? Pew Research. One particular experience oh. that doesn't involve food happens more on Mother's Day than any other holiday of the year. What is it? I am stumped, but I'm going to say walking on the beach, heading to the beach. Not it. Good guess. Uh, Not right. it. Thanks. Thank Appreciate you. It. 561-8255. Mitch in Greenville. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hello, guys. Hey, you ready for a hint? It's not sure. whiskey and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it is not whiskey and cigarettes. I'll give you another hint. On May 9th, 1914, when Woodrow Wilson signed a joint resolution that designated the second Sunday in May as the official day for Mother's Day, this particular experience would not have happened nearly as much as it would today. According to Pew Research, one particular experience that doesn't include food happens more on Mother's Day than any other holiday of the year. What is it? I was going to say going to church, but the clues sort of wiped that out. So That is you know, a great I, guess, yeah, a good one. but that's not it. 561-8255. Let's go to uh, Falkland. Charles is on the line. Hey, Charles. Hey, Charles. Hey, guys. What do you think? According to Pew Research... Say again? You need another hint? Yeah. All right. In, in 2021, one particular experience happened. Uh, this one particular experience for Mother's Day happened approximately 122 million times. Uh, jewelry? Jewelry. Not it. <laughs> Five six one eight two five five. Who we got next? Let's go to Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey. Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you think? What is this, uh, uh, according to Pew Research? I think it's calling mom. You, there you got go. it. Calling oh, mom. Yes. Good 122 job. million times last year, somebody picked up the phone and called mom. Robert, where are you calling from? Winterville. Winterville. Robert and Winterville, hang on the line, and Clark is going to get all your info. we got a goodies uh, coming out of your ears for you. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. He's washed his hands so many times he can now see the answers to his tests from high school. Uh, those aren't the right answers. And you never know what to expect with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Robert Gano of Winterville. He uh, knew it that uh, on Mom's Day, Mother's Day, there are more phone calls placed than any other holiday of the year. Last year, there was 122 million of them. Wow. Breaking news, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced earlier today that it is limiting the emergency use authorization of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine to people 18 and older for whom other vaccines aren't appropriate or accessible or those who opt for the J&J because they wouldn't otherwise get vaccinated. The FDA said in a statement that the change is being made because of a rare risk of a dangerous clotting condition called thrombosis. Um, we've been closely monitoring the Janssen COVID-19 vaccine and the occurrence of the TTS following its administration and have used updated information for our safety surveillance systems to revise. Anyway, uh, okay, surprise, surprise, stuff that others were talking about months ago. Thank you for now catching up with us, U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I mean, there was people talking about blood clotting months ago and saying, be careful this, of these blood clots. Um, you're a little late to the party, guys. Uh, getting back to this whole abortion thing, Joy Behart, 
and her co-host yesterday. Our she guest. is the dumbest person on television. <laughs> I mean, I just, well, there's a contest between she down. and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Fortunately, you can see them both yeah, on the same I think program. Yeah, Behar wins it. Um, <laughs> I'm not making this up, folks. She came out and said, this is the beginning of a war on women, on gay people, and people of color. The point I want to make is, because I want to say this, women in the world have conducted sex strikes in history. In 2003, a sex strike helped in the Libyan brutal civil war. I don't know where she got that. The woman who started it was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. In Kenya, they forced a sex ban until fighting ceased. In one week, there was a stable government. We have more power than we think, and some of it could be right here in the bedroom. Just saying, we need to have a sex strike. Co-host Sonny Hostin said a sex strike, that could be quite effective. All I can say is, Joy, if you think you're going to have a sex strike, who exactly is the poor, desperate individual that you're going to be holding out on? I, I Her mean, husband said, knock yourself out, baby yeah. doll. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I do not see anybody saying, oh, Joy, please, not that. Please, anything, not that. I mean, this is like Br'er Rabbit. Please don't throw me in that briar patch. I think it'd be a close, a close contest between her and Hillary Clinton of who would give a damn about that. <laughs> I mean, really. Who is Rosanna Arquette? Apparently, she was in uh, Arquette. Arquette. Yeah, she's an uh, actress. She uh, was in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, she was one of the ones that um, that made the charges to Harvey Weinstein, right? Oh, was Clark? she? Anyway, yeah. anyway, she has said if this Roe v. Wade thing stands. There will be millions of women who will be fleeing the country. Millions. <laughs> it was interesting. During the break, you were saying in France, it's a 14-week ban. Yeah, 14 weeks instead of 15 weeks like the Mississippi law. Yeah. yeah. So France is more conservative than Mississippi is. Unbelievable. Hey, thanks for being with us. we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.